Welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 149. We're back to the odd numbers for me, and also we're getting close to what I'd like to say is an anniversary episode of 150. We'll see when that happens on Monday. But I'm here to talk two books tonight, two books with a common theme in my mind, and it's weird because one of the books, I don't mind that theme, while the other book, it's one of my main problems. And oh my, who would have thunk it, right? Uh-huh. But before we get to that and I explain what that all is, let me tell you all about weird science and Marvel comics in particular. We are a podcast as you're listening, but we're also available all over the place on a Twitter. We are we WS Marvel Comics. I'll get it. I'll get it eventually. I see dead people. I do. And if you go to WS Marvel Comics on Twitter and follow us, we'll follow you back a hundred percent if you want us to. If not, well, we still will. You'll just get mad at us. We also have a website, weird science marvel comics.com, where if you go, me, Brandon, maybe a bunch of other people, a lot of really good people doing good reviews. And we review almost every Marvel comic each and every week. And those reviews usually drop on a Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is New Comic Book Day. You can see what we think of books as you go to get them. Or you can see if you want to get them based on our reviews. And that would be cool if you check that out. We also have a YouTube channel, and I was laid off. I was laid off from my job because of this darn coronavirus. So right now I'm not working. And because of that, I've had some free time. And with that free time, I've done a lot of YouTube comic book review videos. It's something that I'm learning to do. I'm trying to learn on the job. Uh, And if you would go over to our YouTube page, which the link is in our show notes, but if you want to know, you just go and search Weird Science Comics. You'll find it right there. You could go, and if you like the things going on there, you can subscribe. That would be awesome. Check out things. Like I said, there are DC and Marvel stuff there. I try to go back and forth. I try to have an even number of each, uh, and I would think that I'm trying to learn how to do this a little better. So if you go and you have some suggestions, things like that, I'm always open for that, though I'm very sensitive. So please watch out. We also end up having a Patreon show, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can go to support us for all the things we do, including this podcast, the other one I do with Brandon, maybe even the DC one, if you end up listening to that and the videos, who knows, you can throw it all into one. If you want to support us and get many other shows, each level that you go up in the support, you get more and more shows up until you get to the bad butt part of it, where then you get to pick the books and the shows that we do. And one of the things that you would get to pick as a bad butt is our weekly spotlight. We have a Marvel comic spotlight that comes out every Wednesday, 
two books are picked by the Bad Butts. Those are the ones that we do, and they are exclusive to the Patreon. And this week, we ended up, me and Brandon talked Cable number one, because that was picked. But then I did on my own Star Wars Bounty Hunters number one, because they picked that, but... Brandon, he don't like the Star Wars. You have stolen my dreams. And, and you have to forgive me if I sound a little down or tired or whatever because it is now 2 a.m. I'm trying to do this now. I just got done uh, recording and editing the DC podcast, but I did not want to let this one lie. I wanted to get it up so it was in the feed, uh, you know, at least close to the time that I say it's going to be. I'm having some troubles with that, but I'm going to talk two books here. And two books that Brandon does not really like and won't talk about for the most part, especially the first one, but two books that I either like or really want to like. The first one, though, is Amazing Spider-Man number 41, a book that I really do want to like. I have been enjoying it. And this is where the theme that I said for both of these books, because the next one's The Avengers. Now, the theme of the books are there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in Spider-Man. There's a lot going on in Avengers. They all, both of them have Nick Spencer and Jason Aaron have a lot of ideas. They're throwing a lot at the reader. Now, the problem is, is that you don't often get everything you want until we move on to the next thing, then the next thing, then go back to that thing. And But there is a difference. And the difference of why I'm enjoying Spider-Man over Avengers And I'll talk about Avengers in a little bit so you see what I do like or don't like about that. But the thing that I don't mind it as much in The Amazing Spider-Man, even though, yes, I want to know more about Kindred. I want to get that resolved. I I really was enjoying the whole idea of J. Jonah being a podcaster. That made me laugh. That that was one of the things. Now, it wasn't the hardest-hitting story, but I did enjoy it. You end up having Kingpin in the background. You have Boomerang back in this issue. But there is a constant with all of these. For the most part, when we get all these different stories, you still get Spider-Man. Yeah, there might not be the one story that you like or you want to get back to that. Everybody wants to know what Kindred's all about. We want to know who Kindred is. That's a big thing. But even when you get these other little things, you're still going to get Spider-Man in it. And that's what I appreciate more than in the Avengers when I talk about that. The idea that we end up at points just not having the Avengers or having half the Avengers or having in the book coming up, the Avengers issue this week, you get one page of Tony and Thor, and then you get a couple pages of Blade and Black Widow. That's it. No She-Hulk, you know, no Captain America. You don't get them in this book. And that's what I need. If you're not going to, if you're going to have an Avengers book, I want to have the Avengers. You have a Spider-Man book. Yeah, you're going around, but you have Spider-Man still. Here is the synopsis here of the Spider-Man. Actually, I'll give you the credits first. Amazing Spider-Man number 41, written by Nick Spencer and pencils by Ryan Otley, inks by Cliff Braithburn, colors by Nathan Fairbairn, and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. So here is True Companions part one. Now, everything I said, is obviously something that Nick Spencer realizes. He's he's not blind or dumb. He realizes that his book is scattered all over the place. He realizes that there's some things that people are getting that maybe they want something else, and it shows in this recap. Spider-Man has tons of problems he would like to fix, but he's frequently interrupted by problems he must fix right away. That means there are always three or four flavors of trouble simmering away while Spidey fights the fires of the day. 
consider the fallout from Craven the Hunter's final run at a glorious death. Well, I don't like to consider that because I didn't really like that. Craven's son and Craven's half brother, the chameleon, both want revenge. Eh, there are vermin in the sewers. Eh, someone, something called Kindred is watching. Yeah, we all want that. You know, then there's the ongoing facts of Kingpin being mayor. Something else I'm intrigued by and want to know more, especially as it ties into my favorite book on the shelves now, Daredevil. Fred Myers, a.k.a. Boomerang, being one of Peter Parker's roommates. I, I love Boomerang. I love him. I think that he's hilarious. And, and yeah, he may come off a little bit too Deadpool-esque, especially when it comes into the idea of teaming up with heroes. But I still, still really like him a lot so i don't mind when we get to him but it continues here also and the mayor wanting something from fred that he absolutely cannot give up do you guys smell something burning no i don't because i am getting out of that hot kitchen kind of like ghost facers if you're a supernatural fan you'll know what i'm talking about but you end up starting out here with spidey fighting some vermin now one of the problems is when you end up Going back to a story that you haven't done in a while, when you end up having a character pop up that we haven't had, you're going to get some recap. And that's something that also ends up driving me nuts, where you end up having to remind people of something from your run that, that means maybe you left it behind too long. Now, in this issue, you get some recap. You get some recap of how Peter and Boomerang Fred ended up becoming roommates. That did happen at the very beginning of this series, you know, probably 37 issues ago. So you're going to have to recap that. It stinks that you do, but you do. But there's other recap in this that I do like because it's recap of what happened to Boomerang and how Boomerang got in the situation before this series and more of a secret empire deal that I think plays out well. And then it's done for laughs here, but you also find out that Berman, you end up having this whole deal where he was over cloned by Arcade you end up having them all in the sewers. There's multiple of them. Spite even makes the joke. Like if there's one vermin or a thousand, it doesn't matter. It's still vermin. So it works out for him. Then you get Boomerang show up and you end up with Peter talking and kind of do the uh, the trigger phrase. I'll, I'll never get used to this. He's thinking of himself and Boomerang shows up. I could get used to this. And that's where Boomerang is always positive. In the way that he wants to team up with everyone. He wants respect. He wants that love and all that. Again, very much like when Deadpool would team up with Spider-Man. Spider-Man has to be used to this sort of thing from Deadpool. Because anytime Deadpool shows up, he's always yelling that he wants to have this team up and go. You even get to the point where Boomerang wants to root. You know, hey, what's our name going to be? We going to be Spider-Rang? He doesn't say that because that wouldn't be a good one. But you end up where he's like, you know, like. There's that Heroes for Hire, but that's nonsense because who hired those guys lately? And, you know, it's all for jokes. But then that's where you get this recap of who Fred is and the idea that he ended up having Spider-Man going and trying to stop Boomerang during a museum robbery only to have Fred show up later that night to be his roommate. And he's been hilarious. He really has. He's walking around in Peter's undies. Then there's undies in the dishes, things like that. Hilarious. But also you get to see here, again, recap, but a fun deal of showing you all the trouble that you ended up having Boomerang cause Peter and Spider-Man. And, you know, they ended up having a fight in the bar with no name. You ended up getting the syndicate, one of Boomerang's gangs, you know, the all-lady team that then ends up pretty much wanting Boomerang to get woke and gets mad at him and attacks. He had that. But the big thing is Fisk, Wilson Fisk, Mayor 
of New York, Kingpin. He wants something from Boomerang. This is something they've been playing with this for, for the beginning since you ended up having Boomerang in the book. We don't know what it is. We're going to find out. It's pretty big. Uh, and that's where Spider-Man just says, finally, I need to know what's going on. What is Fisk after? Well, you end up, well, let me tell you a story. And this is the way to recap Boomerang in general, where Boomerang starts talking. Hey, remember when Hydra fell and, you know, everybody thought I was a hero because I helped do it. And also he's in the ticker tape parade here, waving. He's loving life. And he ends up and he, he gets out of the car and then yells to his fans. He's Boomerang. His fans are boomers. So he gets out and says, OK, boomer. OK, boomers. He yells and he's like, that's a great name, right? That's what I call my fans. And you see him getting interviewed. He really is on top of the world for Boomerang. Uh, the whole idea that he kind of fell into being a hero. He didn't exactly do everything people think, but he was a hero. He ends up being pardoned deal. Now he's a hero. Everybody loves him. But that when you're a hero, people come to you for problems. And a guy comes out, an old man comes and says, listen, you got to come with me. Uh, there's trouble. He's signing autographs. He's charging for autographs. He has a, a young lady there that he seems to be interested in. But this old guy insists and says it's too powerful and priceless. If they get it, the consequences are, are awful. So there's where Boomerang's like, okay, let's go. Let's see what you say. Now, the big thing is he hears priceless. And he's all for it. So they're taking off and they go. And he's like, yep, they t- he took me to a secret lair, which it did look like the basement office of a municipal building. It is because this guy basically works for the city of New York for over 50 years. He is in the records department. But what he takes record of and what he catalogs, what he keeps track of are all the crazy mystical artifacts, the magical treasures that end up ending up in New York. One of those things where if something, you know, there's a fight and something gets knocked down in the sewer, somebody finds it, he gets it, he catalogs it. It's something that the Fantastic Four leave behind as they fight Galactus. He gets it if it's in New York. So he, he has all these things and he is pretty convinced that one of the reasons why Fisk became mayor and at least then when he was mayor and found out that he wants to know and is very into finding out these artifacts, finding what they are, one in particular, one very, very important artifact has Fisk, uh, you know, pretty much watering at the mouth to get to and seems to be able to or wants to do anything to get to it. And we see and even Boomerang's like, it's a deep cut. I don't know if you're going to know what this is, Spidey. Oh, he knows uh, because it ends up being the lifeline tablet. And you see in a pretty cool page. And this is another thing. This is old school recap here this is stuff that has happened over time you know this isn't just in the this is way but it's done in a really nice looking spread page that you just go around the outside and in the middle is the lifeline tablet and you get to see all the different times that peter ended up going and and having this thing be a big thing and there were some big things with it and he even says like boy i've dealt with this Many a time. And he goes, there was Silvermane. Then you ended up having, Will, you know, Mayor Fisk, Kingpin there. You end up at the time where he actually had a thing with this with Lizard and actually Boomerang. That was part of it that ended up turning Hammerhead into an ultra powerful light being. So it's really cool with that. And then tells you that by the end, it was taken out by Doctor Strange, who ended up banishing it to another dimension which that's his thing this is the thing i like to go and get a whopper 
on Whopper Wednesday. Doctor Strange likes to banish things to another dimension. These are just things that each of us like doing. And so it was gone. It's back. It ends up by the end, the idea of how it's back and why and things like that come into play that seem to be something that Fisk ends up finding out and is very happy about. But at this point, he's still trying to find it. You end up having this poor guy in the records department. He ended up making a coded map of where these pieces are of it because it's come back and it's come back in pieces. So he thinks it's dangerous, but you need to know where they are. He makes a coded map. He tries to destroy it. Unfortunately, Fisk ended up getting one of those maps, but it's a damaged map. He doesn't know. It's almost like when you end up in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where you have the Nazi. He ends up burning, you know, that bit on his hand, but he only got the one side, so they were digging in the wrong place. You end up having a map that's not complete. It's got a little thing off, so you can't. he can't find the stuff. He has all these experts trying to find it. In the meantime, the, the old man knows that they're coming to get him. They're coming to get this. So he uses a spell in a force way. He uses a spell that Dr. Strange taught him to actually just make the map boomerang or at least inside him the map ends up inside boomerang and off we go and he's confused like i don't know why anybody's trusted me with this because spider-man's like this lifeline tablet is the most it's the unlimited power it's the ultimate power of the universe unlike the death star which really wasn't it ended up getting destroyed i don't know if you know that but he ends up saying you know this is thing that causes so much trouble and they trusted it to be put in you and he's like yeah i mean i'm shocked too But what ends up happening is he gets almost like a boomerang sense. He gets the tablet sense where all of a sudden he, oh my, there's something somewhere. And that's the thing is he gets these visions of where the pieces are and then he's got to go collect them. And this is where Spider-Man thinks, okay, well, let's make a deal. We'll do it together. We'll go and do that together. We'll find the pieces and keep it away from Fisk. He wants this power and the idea of letting Fisk get the power you don't want to have that and so you end up there where they go and in the meantime fisk is pissed he's trying to get all these people that he hired i mean he's hired the best of the best they can't figure it out they can't figure out this guy's coded map but it's also damaged it's not the full thing so they're trying to figure out what's going on in the meantime you know that fisk knows boomerang knows that he's after boomerang as well but you have a little bit of a a time here where spider-man and boomerang now go around to try to get the pieces, and they're having a ball. It's like that geocaching. Uh, people used to do that. My my family got so into that and painting those rocks and leaving them places like the, the, the Werner family rock. Who the heck wants to find that? You're at the Sunoco station. You're filling up with gas, and you find the Werner rock. You're going to put it through the Werner window. Is what you want to do. Who needs that? But it seemed to be a thing for about 10 minutes. But this geocaching was bigger. And that was something that my family got into. And they got mad because I wanted no parts of it. I'm like, what? I'm supposed to go to the park and, and pretend we're going to find something that somebody left and it's nothing? Yeah, sound like fun to me. But Spider-Man and Boomerang are, are having fun there. And so that's what led them down into the sewers. They ended up finding a bunch of pieces. The next piece was going to be in the sewer. They get, uh, you know, attacked by the vermin who are just surrounding them. There's so many of them. They are just going to be consumed by tons of vermin. And as that's going on, you do end up going off to Fisk and seeing that the ultimate power he wants, he just wants his love Vanessa back. That's all he wants. He's a man who's lonely. 
We've seen him. Here's Wesley hanging out. He ain't no fun. He ends up there. He, he thought the Stromwinds were going to be fun in, in the Daredevil book. They weren't fun at all. Daredevil doesn't like him. He has no friends. So he wants Vanessa back. That's all he does want. And you end up having a scientist come to him and saying, hey, just found out what's going on. You might want to look at this. And he's like, let me see. Huh, this changes everything. Now, the basic thing in this is it changes of what brought these pieces to Earth. Uh, I don't get what they really mean by that changes everything because of the fact they still don't know. Maybe that gives you a backdoor way in. It does something else. We'll have to see because we don't necessarily see what Fisk is reading, though by the end, after the vermin are all attacking Spidey and Boomerang, Boomerang says, hey, I'll get my soaparang, which is kind of funny, and uh, that the vermin scatter. Uh, Boomerang thinks, oh, my. They're upset because I, I told them I had my soap rag. It wasn't the case. They scattered because they heard this noise, a rumble. You ended up with Spidey Sense going nuts. And then you end up with a big, giant monster at the end. So we got to see what exactly that means, what Fisk sees, and why that would be exciting to him. All that stuff. So it's good. I like Ryan Otley's art. I had a lot of fun with Boomerang, especially even the you know background of him with the OK Boomers and stuff that okay, made me laugh. Uh, and then you get a pretty cool cliffhanger. Then you get something in the end. And I do know a lot of people, when I talk to them, they didn't even realize that at the end you have a account nefarious little story that does end up into the Lethal Legion being reformed. Uh, it doesn't quite fit everything that's going on in the main story. And it's art by Francisco Mobley. So the art style is even different. And yes, now we can start worrying again that we're going to get more ideas without ever finishing everything else. But it's okay. I didn't really take that into account with my score. My score is the main deal. And again, I really do put a lot of credence in if I have fun in an issue. Uh, I can end up dealing with a lot of nonsense if you get a chuckle or two out of me and i got a chuckle or two out of this book so i'm going with an eight out of ten and yeah some people might not like it because it's not hard hitting i had fun so i gave it an eight out of ten but the next issue that we're going to go to was what i said before and it is avengers number 32 and this is where it's going to be an odd thing because this issue has legitimately some big things happening, some big things that would be more important in the overall MCU than a story with Boomerang, even though it is the Lifeline tablet. I have to point that out. But it is still, you know, Spidey Boomerang or a book that by the end has a cliffhanger that's going to, you know, have people wow moment out the wazoo. The problem is I want an Avengers book. I want to have fun with the Avengers. I want all of they're not all in it. They're not even close to being in it. But you do sort of tie in some other things. You had a lot of things going on in this book, a lot of things that kind of uh, are loose ends. They're not tied up here. You know what they're done? is They're just reminding you here. You end up with Jason Aaron reminding you that there's loose ends. And maybe we'll get back to it some other time. I don't even think we're going to get back to it next issue. And so that is where I do get upset. But here is the stats. We have... The Earth's Mightiest Villains is what this issue is called, and it's written by Jason Aaron. You have art by Ed McGinnis and Francisco Mana. You have colors by Jason Keith and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. And here is the synopsis or recap. 
there came a day, unlike any other, when Earth's mightiest heroes found themselves united against a common threat. On that day, the Avengers were born to fight the foes no single superhero could withstand. I'd like to see them, but, but the foes of the Avengers are stacking up. Unhappy that the Avengers are under Wakandian leadership, Agent Coulson formed the Squadron Supreme of America to protect U.S. interests. Namor, furious at the carelessness of the surface world toward the environment, founded the Defenders of the Deep to safeguard Atlantis. The former King of Hell, Mephisto, has taken a special interest in Tony Stark, which we only just saw last issue. And while Russia reassembled the Winter Guard, a new threat rose in the form of the Dracula-led vampire nation in Chernobyl. So far, the Avengers have been able to keep these threats at bay, but how much longer can the peace hold? And some of these things, like a Namor, we have not seen in quite some time. It did seem like that was going off to be taken care of by the Invaders book, maybe, uh, but it wasn't because then that ended up getting canceled, uh, you know, at 12 issues. You also have the uh, the Agents of Wakanda, Black Panther and Agents of Wakanda, that ended up having to go off on its own. But I mean, there's so many loose ends in this, and there's things that they are left for years to get back to, like in Neymar, which we start with, and we do then have Namor, and, and you get some pretty cool-looking panels. I mean, if you want to see Namor riding turtles or being attacked by dolphins with lasers, uh, this is the issue for you and the panels for you, and that is pretty cool. But when you have that, it just leads to the idea of Namor, you know, the, the myth, the legend Namor, the, the great Namor, to what Namor is now. And Namor right now is a drunk in Davy Jones' saloon. Taking over the world today takes everything you got. Jason Aaron forgets about you, but at least it ain't then slot. Wouldn't you like to swim away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name more And they're always glad you came more You want to go where there's no air breathers, the surface world is lame You want to go where everybody knows your name more Ah yes, it is the bar where everyone knows your name more. And that was just a way that I can slip in that song right there. Ah, but you end up having Namor. He is stewing. He's drinking some extra salty blobfish grog. And it's kind of a jokey thing. I do wonder where you have this going on. And there's two guys in the background at one point. They seem to skedaddle. But you end up having the bartender. And this is going to start a pretty much a uh, run down memory lane of all of the groups and people that have not been in the book in a while that had some problems with the Avengers. Now, there is a common thread, and the common thread ends up showing itself by the end. It's Mephisto, and he is controlling certain characters so that they can go and push the agenda of Mephisto, who wants all of these people and groups to team up against the Avengers themselves. So you have the bartender here serving Namor, and he's whispering in his ear. You know, he's whispering, hey there, uh, Namor, I know you're a king and all that, and you're trying to attack the entire surface 
How about you just narrow that down? Why don't you just say, you know, as a crazy idea, how about you go after the Avengers? And what? You say that you couldn't do that yourself. You've tried that. Well, isn't it weird that there's a bunch of other people in groups like Vampire Nation and Winter Guard and Squadron Supreme? I mean, really? They're all just there ready to team up. Wouldn't it be awesome if you did that? Namor ends up getting upset and doesn't want to hear this nonsense and then ends up going off on his own and then pretty much goes crazy by the end to what happens. But he he hears that. And the idea of what about the kingdom of vampires? There's a segue to go to the kingdom of vampires in Ukraine, the Chernobyl, the exclusion zone where you do have Dracula there. In the meantime, though, you end up having Rat Bomber kind of he he's almost the worst type of you know first defense not even first defense it's more like he is the hr department and when they come in these vampires come in he's going to be the first person that you have to interview with before you go on eventually you might get to dracula who owns the company but right now he's just the guy who is going to see what's going on at the beginning and he pretty much talks a lot of crap on these vampires who are showing up says that there's no dracula here you guys are pathetic scavengers it's almost daytime you better run and the thing is you end up having some other vampires who end up not running. They end up like, nah, we'll we'll stay here and we'll burn. They're kind of, you made, you just passed the test, pals. You're in. In the meantime, you do end up having Dracula kind of watching all this, seeing what's going on and trying to figure out who would be the ones that they would allow in. You have Baroness Blood with him and Baroness Blood ends up being the one who's going to talk into his ear the, of the whole Mephisto influence one where, you know, we should probably, you know, we get some vampires, but wouldn't it be great if we ended up maybe getting the Winter Guard involved? That'd be awesome. So we could fight the Avengers and then you go off to the Winter Guard. And I, like I said, there's this progression. My problem is, is that when you get to these different groups, you don't get a lot of them. And because there's so many, you end up having it that they're one of them's being controlled to kind of do this whole plan and things like that. When we get to the Squadron Supreme, they don't even talk. They're standing in the background. You get Coulson. But here, you know, you end up, you do get Dracula. You do get Baroness Blood. You do get Rat Bomber. That's fine. You end up having them. Hey, we got these new recruits. Come on, boys. Let's eat. They're eating. You have that giant monstrosity vampire. But you also end up having a bus full of people that is pretty much food. Well, and then you go off to Moscow to the Winter Guard, and they are coming back from a mission. They come in. They end up where you have their butlers say, oh, my, you know what? You guys are the greatest. You're fighting for the country. You're fighting for the state. Awesome. Hey, Red Widow, I got your milk bath. I got your caviar. And plus, you know what? I could offer help against the Avengers. And, and Red Widow's like, what did you say? And he's like, oh, I said caviar milk and she's like no 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 what'd you say about the avengers and he's like well it's kind of my opinion that maybe we could kind of team up with the vampires and name or it'd be great what and she stabs him right through and then just says you know i don't know who you work for but 
It's assuredly not us She sees right through it She knows that it's not him saying this Um, Maybe she knows it's Mephisto Maybe not But she ends up saying Okay, Vostok, grab him Take him to the lab Open up his brain Tinker with this ticker tonker And and see who the heck is in there So they're going to go and do that While she goes and meditates One of the big things is Who is this Red Widow? And I did have a guy on the YouTube channel because i did a video review of this and he's like he wishes it was ava or lava or a lova uh and that would be cool that's connection with black widow that would be a really neat and that's the red widow if you didn't know but that would be cool if that was this but not acting like her at all he even said that he said this does not seem like her uh, but it'd be cool if it was. And I think it'd be cool just so you'd have a reason for Black Widow to come back because now we go off to Avengers Mountain. And, and when we get there, th- this is the thing again. I want the Avengers. Well, what we get from the Avengers Mountain scenes here is a blade who's going to leave. I'm out of here. Smell you later, Avengers. Peace out. He's going to leave. Black Widow's the only one there to tell him, no, no, you shouldn't leave because, you know, home is where the heart is. And there's a lot going on in Avengers Mountain. You could pretty much check out the whole world. You can do all the stuff from here. Why would you leave? You shouldn't. Okay, he won't leave. He even says, y- you have boy thing. He wants him to stay too. He's like, all right, I guess I'll stay. And then says, hey, if anybody calls me brother, they're going to get fanged in the face. I'm like, whatever. And I love Blade being in here, but Blade seems to just be here and reminded that he's here. We're going to fight some vampires coming up And then we go off and now we're going to recap of the Star brand baby another thing That's out there and kind of just left out there But you end up where Tony is Back from BC he's there With Thor Thor has to mention You know I was a brood This baby ends up being the Star brand that we tried to save Its mother we failed She died Tony's like is the baby Mine no it's not yours Tony Stop it you didn't you know do it With every lady uh, in the universe, maybe 99%, but not every. And it's not yours. And we're the godfathers of this little baby, and we're going to take care of it. It's just there to remind you there's the star brand baby. You do nothing with it. You just do recap to tell Tony nothing. So then you go off to Colson, where I want to see the Squadron Supreme. You have to wait till the, you, you see the Squadron Supreme standing on, on a stage. That's all you get because it's Colson talking on the phone. He's talking to Mephisto, saying, oh, man, this is great. You know, we, we can do all this. We'll team up. But, you know, I don't know my squad. Oh, wait, it's not mine. It's your squadron supreme. I shouldn't say that. I forgive, you know, forgive me, Mephisto. And there's Mephisto just sitting in jail, doing more in jail than a rapper who drops like seven albums in a week in jail. He's just sitting there chilling in jail. He even says, I'm doing more in jail than I could do out there. And everybody thinks that I'm sitting here not doing stuff. But yeah, so you end up where all of these things that we had before. Yes, they're in this book. And at one point, me and Brandon got in a fight with Jason Aaron and Tom Brevoort, the editor. And Jason Aaron's like, you'll see. I'm going to have everything in the book coming up in the next couple issues. Yeah. Just because they show up doesn't mean you've done anything with them. All you have done here is show them for a panel or two or a page and then say Mephisto's trying to convince them all to fight the Avengers. Well, they all should be in fighting the Avengers anyway. You already had set up this. I mean, Dracula gets sent to Chernobyl 
I don't think he's enjoying himself there. He's going to want to fight the Avengers. All you're doing is setting it up so you can get rid of all of them in one fell swoop to fight. And I need more than that in an issue. I need some Avengers. I need something going on besides, hey, let's see what the, you know, vampires. Oh, vampires are there. They're recruiting. Oh, maybe they'll join up with the Winter Guard. Go to the Winter Guard. Oh, my. They just came back from a mission that we didn't see. And their butler thinks that they should team up with Namor and then gets killed. And then you go to the Squadron Supreme. You go to Starbrand, baby. What are you doing? Please. The book should be progressing more. People are paying for this each and every month. And this is what you're getting. A bunch of recap. Nice looking art. I will give it that. But you don't have a progression. So because of that, and because you've given nothing in this issue pretty much, you got to do something. So you end up with a huge cliffhanger after you show that Mephisto is kind of behind all of this egging on of these groups to join together to fight the Avengers. You have Neymar go off and say, hey, you know what? I think that bartender was right. And, uh, you know, hey, do you hear my call? I, I've been calling you. He's just yelling out. And then he ends up seeing it. And what he's calling is the Phoenix Force that is there. Come to me, Phoenix. Help me lay waste to the Avengers, and I will set galaxies ablaze for you. That's a huge cliffhanger. That is cool. X-Fans should be going nuts for that. That's neat. We saw the Phoenix Force, actually, last issue in the BC deal that even said to Tony Stark, listen, there's a lot of Tony Starks around, your Iron Man of the thing. You're going to play out your part. We can't help you, but, you know, this is the deal. So we've seen the Phoenix Force here, but there it is coming in. And then you get next issue, Moon Knight. And again, people love Moon Knight, but you, you just gave us one panel of a, a wow moment cliffhanger then to see next issue, Moon Knight versus the Avengers. And then it says, mummies are rising from their graves. Secret enemies march by moonlight. From Kunlun to Wakanda to Greenwich Village, a dark god invades Asgard, and the Moon Knight has been unleashed as never before. So begins the age of Kanchu. So fall the event. What? I, we just set up all these things coming back. You ended up having to recap because we haven't seen them in a while. And then we're going to put them aside to go to Moon Knight. There you go. This is my problem with the book. The book has worse ADHD than I do. It, it can't keep any sort of focus on anything. It is just pretty much, hey, what's the story uh, du jour right now? And then when when will we get back to it? Well, I don't know. Will we get back to it? Will it have its own book? Will we? Who knows? Uh, that's what annoys me because of that. And each time I read it, I actually get a little bit more out of it. But still, I'm going to get the, the highest I can go on this is a six. I'm going a five nine to make a stand. Six seems like there's something more going on. The art is good. If you wanted to see more of these groups. Maybe you'd like it, but even then, I don't think you get enough. I think that you end up just, it infuriates me sometimes when we have books like this that people are paying money for, you're investing time and money and going all this. And this is just, hey, I better remember people about these groups. Here they are. And then Mephisto, it's not clever. Mephisto being behind it all. Mephisto, he is hotter than Hansel. Right now, he's everywhere. I want to be his agent because, boy, he's getting work. He's in every single book, it seems, just popping up and being the bad guy behind the scenes and doing that. So that's not very crazy or clever. But Phoenix, 
It's pretty crazy, but to see that we're going to Moon Knight, so we'll see when we get back to that. If we do, who knows? Might be a year from now. But because of that, 5.9, that is it for the podcast. I hope that I didn't annoy people. Uh, or go it is it's late it's i'm getting very tired but i just wanted to do this so that you guys would have this i hope that i make some sense and didn't ramble on like robert plant once sang boy i like that song so i'm going to end with just some reminders you can go to twitter at ws marvel comics we have a website weird science marvel comics.com we have a youtube page weird science comics and we have a patreon page patreon.com slash weird science that's where you can go and help us out by supporting us keeping us you know spry and and fight worthy you know i don't know you can go there it does inspire us it makes us happy all that stuff and yeah we get a couple bucks to pretty much in my case try to justify to my wife and kids that i have to do these podcasts because then it's a job so i can do that it helps out but thanks everybody thanks for listening that's all i really want anybody to do but yeah Thanks for listening, and uh, me and Brandon will be back. Maybe I'll even be back. There's a couple books this week that I really, really enjoyed. One of the books, and probably my book of the week, I believe, is probably Venom, which I've been down on. I'm sure me and Brandon will be talking about that Monday night, but I am planning on doing a video review of it tomorrow on Sunday. So maybe when you're listening to this, it'll be up or almost up, so you can go and check that out. I already have uh, video reviews for cable number one and avengers this avengers issue number 32 trying to think of some other things that i had i I think i might even have oh amazing spider-man 41 that i talked about tonight i have a video review for as well as well as you know flash number 751 from dc batman the outsiders number 11 i did a Catwoman number 21 so i'm trying to mix and match like i said but i would really Really love it if you go and just at least check those out and maybe subscribe to the channel. That'd be awesome. But thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you later.